building on righteousness and justice. Psalm 33, verse 5 says, God loves righteousness and he loves justice. Let me break it down. What does God love? Righteousness is living in a right relationship with him, living in a right relationship with people around you, even people you may not know, but always living in a way that I'm going to try to do the right thing by my neighbors, by people I meet, by people that I don't know. And then living in right relationship with self, respecting ourselves and loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves. Righteousness. God says he loves it when people come together harmoniously, lying, backstabbing, uh, exaggerating, spreading gossip. These are the things that have made their way into the fallen soul of humanity. But God's standard is righteousness. Where we love him, we live respectfully, we love one another, we live with respect to each other and to ourselves. No racial prejudice, no social prejudice, no economic prejudice, righteousness. The Lord loves righteousness and he loves justice. We see a lot of injustice in our society. We have a legal system that, you know, man tries its best to act out some of the principles that are written in our legal system that were originally founded on the Word of God. But man without Christ, man without the Spirit of God living inside of him is lost. And our interpretation of God's justice can sometimes still leave a lot to be desired. Can I get an agreement? Is that true? And uh, as hard as people try, and as much as we call America the land of the free, there are things that need to drastically change here. But that doesn't change the fact that God loves righteousness and he loves justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. In Psalm 89, verse 14, David writes, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. You see, he doesn't just love it. He made it what his life is all about. In fact, if you study through the scriptures, you'll see that the prophets were always talking to Israel about one of two things, sometimes both things. They would rebuke the kings or rebuke the people or urge the people, you have walked away from righteousness. You're not living right. You're not living with decency towards each other. You see, relationship's really big to God. How we get on in life is a big deal to God because he created us in his image. We fell from that image, and he wants to inspire us to come back to Christ, to be full of Christ, and to live with the fruit of his spirit and the power of his spirit. Can I get an amen? And so righteousness and justice. When kings were oppressive, the prophets would come out and rebuke the kings and say, you've been stealing money from the widows. You've been confiscating people's land just to build more fortresses or barns. This is wrong. You see, God loves righteousness and he has promised that he will remake the earth and he will remake the heavens and it will be the home of righteous living 
and it will be filled with peace and with joy forever and ever. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? Absolutely. But because of this, there's a young king who comes to power, and his name is Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat is familiar to some of us because this is the dude that five or six heathen nations had decided they were going to conspire and come against him and destroy him and throw him off his throne and override the nation of Judah. And you'll recognize who Jehoshaphat is by the story. This is the king who got all of his worship leaders. Instead of putting his military out front, he put all of his worship team, the priests, out front. And they started praising God as they went into battle. Praise is a powerful, powerful weapon. It's an amazing principle, and that's why we give so much time in the service to praise and worship. The more we give glory to God, God just squats in our presence and fills us with himself. It is a good thing to worship, church. You, you could get a speedy service somewhere else, but I am not going to jip God of his worship. Can I get an agreement? Hey, we want to love on God and worship him and give him the reference, re, reverence that he deserves. But yes, praise and worship is a powerful principle, but there was something that happened that most people don't know about prior to that story. You see, Jehoshaphat was the king who was wise enough to go out to battle with praise. And they had a phenomenal, a supernatural victory. But what most people don't realize is what preceded that. See, we often see the headlines, but we don't really get the gist of the story. I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. Jehoshaphat looked at his great-granddaddy, David, who wrote these verses. And he got a revelation that God is all about righteousness and justice. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove to you from the Word of God, this was the foundation of Jehoshaphat's great success. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 17, starting with 7 to 11, 711, there you go. <laughs> In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials Benhal, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Micah to teach the towns of Judah. Let's go on to the next verse. And with them were certain Levites, and we're not going to go through all those names because then you can tell I don't know Hebrew. And he sent the priests of Elishima and Jehoram. Let's go to the next verse. And the fear of the Lord fell on the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. All right? And let's... Um, he went to all the towns and he taught the people the word of God. Now in verse 10, the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they didn't go to war against Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines brought Jehoshaphat gifts and silver as tributes and the, and the Arabs brought him flocks, 7,700 rams, 7,700 goats. You see, what Jehoshaphat did was he took his priests and he went town by town by town and he said to the priests, he said to the ministers, I want you to teach the people the word of God. My granddaddy, 
who moved powerfully in the Holy Ghost, said that God loves righteousness and justice. And I want you to uphold the standards of righteousness. I want you to teach it. I want you to correct people. I want you to love people. I want you to not be afraid to have to occasionally pull them in a line. I am holding you accountable to minister to the nation of Israel according to the principles of God. Don't compromise. Righteousness is important. And I want you, then he, he took his judges and he set up judges and he taught them to go town by town and he gave them very, very strong commands. In First Chronicles 19, verse 4 to 10, it says, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and he turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. As pastors, it should always be our job to turn people's hearts towards God. When they're angry, when they're upset, when someone's hurt them, when someone's offended them, when they have a grievance, I'm charging you before this house to bring them back to the Word of God and show them what the Word of God does. If we don't build on the Word, we're not building at all. Everything we must do must be to build this congregation on the principles of God's Word. We go to the next verse. And he appointed judges in the land in each of the fortified cities of Judah. Verse 6. He told them, consider carefully what you do because you're not judging for mere mortals but for the Lord who is with you. Whenever you give a verdict, can I have the next verse? Whenever you give a verdict, now let the fear of the Lord be on you and judge carefully for with the Lord our God there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. And again, I say to our pastors, if we're going to build on the same foundation God builds on, we cannot allow personal friendships or our own family or friends to prejudice us. Justice must be of a high regard and a high importance. And I, 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 I'm so excited that you're joining the team. And I'm so excited that you have given your lives to minister to this congregation. But just like Jehoshaphat, and just like his great-great-granddaddy David, there's only one way to build, and that is according to the patterns of God's Word. Can I get an agreement, church? In today's society, there are so many philosophies and ideologies that would pull even church people out of and contrary to what God says. We have only one word to stand on, and it's His Word. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a big hand. Go on. Give the Lord a big hand. The prophet said, what is it that the Lord requires of you? And then he says, to live rightly and to act justly. Righteousness and justice are a big deal to God. I say to you as a congregation... That we must always look to live with respect and reverence to God. Don't treat God as some genie in a lamp. That whenever you need him to bless you, you quickly rub a couple of prayers together and say, in the name of Jesus. We have the right 
to the blessings. We have the right to the promises. But let's first be right with the one who gives the blessing and who made the promise. Can I get an agreement? We must live with respect to him and love him and honor him with all of our heart and with all of our strength. And then we must love one another. And where there are differences, go the extra mile to make right the things that are wrong. We live in a society where relationships have become a disposable thing. We need to fight for what is good. We need to fight for what is right. Not just fight for what is mine. Hello? Amen. We, we live in a society where we learn to fight for what's mine. God says, no, fight for what's mine. Fight for what's right. Fight for the ideals that are important to me because that's what will make life great. And so as a congregation that we love one another is imperative. And that's why over the last two, three weeks, I've been so blessed by your generosity. I was embarrassed that we had a couple of crises and I had to come to you again asking you to give. But I have not heard one complaint. I've not heard one person even breathe. I not even secondhand information. Not one negative report. And both offerings showed a generosity and a willingness to give. And I commend you before the Lord because this is how we should live. Living in righteousness with Him, with one another, and in respect with ourselves as well. Let's all give the Lord a great big praise offering. Amen. Amen. If I can have the pastor stand again, and I want you to huddle here in the middle. Would you come stand and face the congregation? I'm going to give one, one word of a charge to you as a congregation. Something that I'm not happy about in our country. I want you all to hear me. You could disagree with me, but I believe that what I'm saying comes from the principles that are written in God's Word. We have come to a place in our nation where we show great disrespect and disregard to people in leadership. It hurts me. Um... It doesn't matter who our president is, whether it's the political party you would stand for or it's the political party you can't stand. It doesn't matter. When a president has been established, I believe it's wrong to just be referring to him by his last name or her. I would be offended if you called me Scarallo. Hey, Scarallo. And yet we do that in this country about our presidents, and we have followed the way of the media, not the way of the Lord. God gives honor, and God gives respect, and we have become a culture where it's Obama, it's Bush, it's Trump, it's whoever, and we just call them blatantly by their last name. Go to school and try calling your teacher by their last name without a Mr. or Mrs. or Sir or whatever. It's, it's disregard to authority. We can disagree passionately, but we must never become disagreeable. 
to the Word of God. Can I get an agreement? And so when I started this church, you know, I had lived in Australia for 29 years, even though I'm an American. Aussies reminded me often that I was an American. I'd hear Yankee all the time. When I first went to school there, you know, kids are kids and talk about prejudice and whatnot. I used to hear chants all the time, Yankee, go home. Uh, human nature is human nature. You know, we are prejudiced based on fears and ignorance. Hello? We need to dissolve those things. And it's the church of Jesus Christ that has the power to dissolve those things. There isn't a government. I don't care what government you elect secular government they cannot dissolve those things these are the things that the church must be the light and the salt please if you agree with me let me know you agree Aussies tend to be real grassroots type people and so we were never big into titles and I, I grew up there I spent 29 years there I'm not a big person for titles regardless. Uh, you know, my attitude when I started the church is people say, what do I call you? And I said, call me Rob. That's my name. Just don't call me late for dinner, you know. Um, but I have noticed such a degeneration in society, a degeneration of respect. And we need to bring respect back to God's house. And so I'm going to ask you as a congregation, it's not just Carlos. It's not just Jan. It's not just Amy. It's not just Tom. It's Pastor Tom. Pastor Jan. It's Pastor Carlos. Pastor Steve and Pastor Amy. And I want you to show them the respect that you show me. I want you to show God the respect by respecting his representatives. And so I call on you as a congregation to honor them and love them because I have charged them and God has called them to live in a way that they will be an example to you and that they will spend their lives looking after you spiritually and naturally. If you're in agreement, let me hear you say yes. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with me right now? I'm going to ask Pastor Daniel and his wife to join me. I want you to put your hands towards our pastors, our pastors. I'm going to tell you right now, I love these people. They, they have been so supportive and submissive, and they are just wonderful people. I have no hesitation about either one of them to me. We are doing a great thing establishing them today in this house and in the kingdom of God. Amen. Pastor Carlos, would you get me a handheld mic? I'm going to ask Pastor Daniel to pray in Spanish, and then I'm going to pray in English. Okay? Good. We don't have a handheld on the stage. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm going to start praying in English while they're doing that. Would you pray with me? Come on. I need your hands on them right now. We're doing this together. I thank you, Father, for these people. That they have been so faithful to your word. And they've been faithful to this congregation long before we ever gave any titles. I thank you, God, that 
You have anointed them and you have called them. And we acknowledge what you have put on their lives. And so, Father, today we lay hands on them and we pray your blessing on them that you will give them supernatural wisdom and guidance, that you will give them great patience from your spirit and the ability to show the love of God over and over and over again. I thank you that they have been serving this congregation. They have been looking after this people. And I thank you, God, for their commitment. And today, before heaven, earth, and hell, we establish on them the honor and the respect that they deserve. We accept them as our pastors. I thank you, God, for your anointing over them. And we release them to shepherd us in Jesus' precious name. And the whole congregation said, Amen. 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 These are men and women that I go to for counsel. I have no problem. There have been a number of times together with Pastor Carlos. I've sat Pastor Carlos down, Pastor Jan down, and I've asked them to speak into my life or to judge a, a decision I've made and to give me honest opinion. If I can submit to them, you can submit to them. Amen. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Pastor Daniel, would you pray? Hold hands. Padre, te damos las gracias en esta mañana por poder dedicar a los pastores de Grace and Faith. Gracias te damos por cada uno, Padre. En el nombre de Jesús ahora, rogamos que tu Espíritu Santo venga yes. sobre sus vidas. Yes. Con autoridad, con poder, con tu gracia, Padre. En el nombre de Jesús declaramos ahora este equipo dedicado para Amen. ver salvación en esta ciudad, para ver milagros, para ver prodigios, Amen. para ver maravillas. Yes, Padre Jesus. amado, en la adoración, en el servicio, yes. en los niños, en la oración, en la intercesión, en el trabajo de esta casa, Padre. Que este lugar sea una luz en medio de la tinieblas, que pueda resplandecer tu rostro, yes, Señor. Yes. Oh, Padre amado, ungimos cada una de estas vidas, Amen. Padre, cada uno de estos pastores, para que podamos ver en esta ciudad la gloria de Dios sobre esta ciudad, la gloria de Dios sobre Tampa, la gloria de Dios sobre este país. En el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret, Padre, trae de tu Espíritu Santo un aliento fresco, un nuevo despertar en estos pastores, Amen. en esta iglesia, Señor, Amen. para que puedan ver cuán grande es tu amor Thank porque you, tú Jesus. sigues amando la justicia y amando el derecho Padre, Amen. en el nombre de Jesús le bendecimos para tu gloria y tu honra Padre, amén amén y amén Amen, Amen Praise God Thank you Jesus Praise God Thank you, pastors. I've asked Pastor Carlos and Pastor Tom if they would actually go in the baptismal tank today. We have six people that we're going to baptize. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you. And those that are being baptized in water this morning, would you just quickly come and just quickly stand here and then sit in this very front row? We have Caleb, Rudolph, Greg Silliman, and we have Heather. Uh, Crin, Ryan Woodrow, and Christian Williams, and Kate Vessio. Give them a big hand, folks. Great, 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 great. This is awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. One scripture, I'll just share one scripture about baptism, and then we're going to go celebrate our 20th anniversary, celebrate their birth, their, their water baptism, celebrate what God has been doing in this house. This is what Jesus said, recorded in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The name of Jesus. <laughs> the name of Jesus has the power to stop fear, death, Disaster, the name of Jesus, has the power to stop a depression, oppression. Every demonic power is subject to the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Therefore, Jesus said to his disciples, and he said to the church that would be uh, coming up in the ages after them, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the ages. Today, these six folk are going to be obeying Jesus' word by being baptized in water. Baptism isn't what saves us. Coming to Jesus Christ and inviting him into our heart is what saves us. We, <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I think if you've lived life long enough, you don't need the Bible to tell you that we're all broken. We know the world is broken. But God has come to fix us. God has come to love us. God has come to heal us. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that God's prophetic word over the Messiah, the Yeshua who was to come, was that he would bind up broken hearts. God's heart was breaking in heaven as he saw the brokenness of mankind. And his goal was to send a Messiah to bind up the brokenhearted of mankind. I love this God. I love him. He is incredible. Don't you love him? He loves us and cares about us so much. And as Jesus came and laid his life down, Friend, he laid his life down for you. We're not talking about the name of a church, the brand of a church. We're not talking about grace and faith, Catholicism, Presbyterianism, Baptist, uh, Baptist church. No, none of that can save you. This church cannot save you. We can point you to Jesus. Jesus can save you. Every one of us, every one of us, needs the hand of God inside of us to put us back together. You know, <laughs> nursery rhyme says Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. So the king of heaven came down to do it himself. Amen. Amen. God so loved. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, 
You may be a great Catholic. You might be an excellent Baptist. You might just be a really good person, and you don't go to church. I don't doubt you're a good person. The truth of the matter is that no matter how good we try to be, every one of us needs the hand of God and the help of God inside of us. We need a Savior, and Jesus Christ has become their Savior and their Lord. And so we congratulate these guys. This is awesome. As they get baptized this morning, Pastor Tom and Pastor Carlos, if you guys would make your way in the tank right now, we're going to dunk them. Do you know water baptism is is symbolic of being buried with Jesus Christ? When Jesus came out of the grave, when he resurrected, he had a glorified body. He said to the disciples when he appeared, he said, look, I'm flesh and blood. He sat down and he ate with them. And then he walked through a wall as well. Well, I wouldn't advise you try walking through a wall, not just yet. But it is symbolic of the fact that you once were a sinner, you died to your sin, And whether you make right choices or wrong choices on a day-to-day basis doesn't change the fact that that sin nature has been nailed to the cross and there's a new nature inside of you. That is the nature of God's righteousness. It's in you. All the power of God's goodness is in us. We don't earn it. We don't try to become good enough. By faith, everything he is, we become supernaturally. The only thing we have to learn is how to let it out and live it. But the power of it is already in us. So, Jesus was in the grave for three days. This is symbolic of you being buried with him and coming back to life. So, I've uh, asked Pastor Tom and Pastor Carlos as their first official duty as pastors to hold each one of you under the water for a full three days. I promise you that if they hold you down for three days, you will never have another problem. How about three seconds? Will that work? Three seconds. Amen. The power is in what Jesus Christ has already done. If you guys want to take your place, the power is in what Jesus Christ has already done. This is their testimony that they are not ashamed to follow him. And he is their Lord and Savior. Uh, Let's give them a big round of applause. Amen.